Welcome to The Inspiration Place. I'm your host, artist Miriam Shulman, and today we have on Beth Davis, whose specialty is finding and then prospering from your life purpose. So for that, stay tuned. It's the Inspiration Place podcast with artist Miriam Shulman. Welcome to the Inspiration Place podcast, an art world insider podcast for artists by an artist, where each week we go behind the scenes to uncover the perspiration and inspiration behind the art. And now, your host, Miriam Shulman. Well, hello, this is Miriam Shulman, artist and your host of the Inspiration Place podcast. And you're listening to episode number 14. So last week, we had a real exciting interview with Mike Michalowicz. And if you hadn't had a chance, go back and listen to episode number 13. Mike Michalowicz is the author of the best-selling book, Profit First, and the latest book, Clockwork. We talked all about how getting help in your art business is a game changer. Now, I did say that this week we would talk about tools, but it's such a broad topic that I went into the Facebook group, and I hope you're a part of that. There is a free Inspiration Place Facebook group. Just go to shulmanart.com forward slash group, or you can search for the Inspiration Place on Facebook either way and request to join my free group. I went in there and I asked what people wanted to learn about software and tools, and A lot of you wanted help on getting started on a website. And even if you have a website and you've had one for a long time, it seems like this is something that needs to be changed and updated and refreshed every five to seven years. So in the future, I will be inviting a guest expert to come in and talk about the differences between WordPress, Squarespace, Shopify, what the different options are, whether it makes sense to build your own. So I'm going to be dedicating a whole episode to that. The other thing that you told me inside the group is that what you really want to learn are how to become more productive. So again, my favorite way of helping you is to invite an expert where I can pick their brains and we can learn together on that topic. So subscribe to the podcast so that you can get that episode as well. In addition, though, I do have some free resources on the blog about my productivity. So I'm going to be sure to link to those blog posts in my show notes. So this is shulmanart.com forward slash 14 to get all the links for today's episodes, including those blog posts that I already have on productivity. So I hope that you will take advantage of that. And now let's go on to our show. I have a very lovely guest today. Her name is Beth Davis, and we've been friends for a really long time in real life. We went to college together, and we actually met freshman year in the fall in a intro to theater class. She is really colorful, a lot of fun, very insightful. She's actually a podcaster herself, and what she does is help people find their life purpose. Beth is the secret sage to global leaders, including spiritual teachers, healers, artists, celebrities, scientists, and entrepreneurs. Beth is devoted to helping you unleash your life purpose and uncover the number one thing that is holding you back from achieving it. So welcome to the show, Beth. I'm so glad you're here. It's so lovely to be here. Thank you for that nice introduction. And for people who don't know, Beth and I have known each other for, we're going to age ourselves now, 30 years. 
30, 30 years ago? 30 years. Uh, <laughs> I'm proud of it, right? Yes, right. I'm proud Here of we it. are. No, I, I got to touch up all the different, you know, shots. Yeah, I do too. I haven't done it. Filler, like Botox. <laughs> the next thing I'm going to do is get that. They've got this like neck lift thing where they just use this laser and it just releases your natural collagen. The guy at the place told me that we stopped producing collagen at like age 65. So if you get ahead of the curve, your body keeps producing it without surgery. Good, good to know. I don't, I don't think I would cut on my face. I don't. Mm-mm. Cut, you mean facelift? I think it looks dumb. My grandmother did it and they ha- I don't, they didn't attach something correctly. Uh-oh. Like her eye. Yeah. So no. my family do, do, don't do that. <laughs> anymore, 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 anymore. My, and my 71 year old mother looks stunning. So if I have any of her genes. Yeah. Well, you look great. You look fit. You, you look, look rested. Gorgeous. You look great. You look gorgeous. And I'm so Thank happy you. to see that you're acting. Yeah. I don't know if that's again, or if you've been doing it. I didn't know. Well, I, I was a, you know, I started acting when I was about eight or nine years old. And then I was a theater major at Dartmouth. Right. Uh, and then I moved out to LA and I did some movie stuff and got my SAG card. And then at about 25, I quit. I just mm. felt, I knew in my body I was being called on the spiritual quest. And then it led to the work I do now. And then it's kind of come full circle living here in LA. There's just some opportunities coming. So I decided to sign up for the classes just to, you know, I was a little rusty. So brush yeah. up on my stage chops and I'm just loving it. Good for you. It's so fun. It's so funny how life takes us full circle. I was, you know, trying to fit myself in as an engineering major, but always doing my art on the side. And you initially went on to do, is it advertising and marketing? Is that right? Marketing, but mostly uh, direct sales type marketing. Yeah. So I just find it incredible how we know ourselves best when we're young and then we kind of lose it to before we find ourselves again. That's right. And do you remember when you visited me when you first started doing hand analysis and you did my my hand? Yes. I do remember that. I definitely I think we went to a restaurant in Connecticut or something. That's possible. Yeah. Yeah, because I used to work there. That was like my my Like Stanford or Greenwich or something. Yeah, I was before I became an artist, I was working in a Greenwich hedge fund. Mm-hmm. which sounds so weird coming out of my mouth right now. But I desperately tried to find that hand analysis tape you did. But I think because we no longer have tape recorders, I must not have kept it. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Could you explain to my listeners what is hand analysis and also what's the difference between hand analysis and palm reading? Sure. Uh, it is a understanding and reading of the palms themselves. It is scientific from the standpoint that it's teachable and it's learnable and it's repeatable and demonstrable. So it follows the scientific principles. The data in your hands, should it appear in someone else's hands, would mean the same thing. Palmistry, which we have a lot to thank for because a great deal of it actually is accurate, dealt in a lot of predictions. I suppose so that people felt more in control of their future because they didn't know a lot about the natural world from a scientific standpoint. Scientific hand analysis takes the best of ancient palmistry, that which is accurate, 
and then has updated it with an understanding about the fingerprint patterns, gift markings, challenge markers, and so forth. So how do you use hand analysis in your business when you're working to coach people? Well, the first thing that we do is we send people a printing kit, ideally, and they send their handprints back to us. And then when I work with someone, we get on a webinar like this, and I can bring the handprint up on the screen and annotate it and show the person what I see in their hands. And typically, in an initial reading, I will identify their life purpose, which is their big why, uh, their, their bliss zone, the, the, the area that comes easiest. I'll also identify the life lesson which is our blind spot. And the life lesson is pivotal and key to our life uh, because when we bring conscious awareness to the lesson, our life feels better and it works better. It also allows us uh, easier access to our purpose. So in that initial reading, my goal is to show you your purpose, but also the blind spot that might stall you on your progress to your purpose. And yeah. one thing I really wanted to dig in with you that we talked about prior to coming sure, on the sure. show was when you work with creative people, because I work with women, mostly women, who they spend their whole lives putting themselves on the back burner Yes, and making their creativity, creativity comes last, children and family come first. And not that family isn't important, but they don't see their nurturing their creativity as something that's also important. So when you work with somebody who you, within your work together, discover that creativity is their life purpose, can you share a story like that for my listeners? Sure. Creativity is the number one life purpose in the world. Wow. It's the purpose that shows up most often. So this purpose is, is very common and it shows up a lot. And I think uh, a lot of women in particular, like you said, have lost touch with this creativity. Now, if I, if I press them with some questions, they'll reveal things such as, well, I did get my MFA. I'm like, oh, or, well, I was an architect or I did win a bunch of art awards in grade school. And then something <laughs> happens, like something yes. happens. And then they yes. say to me in the reading, I'm not creative. And I'm like, did you hear what you just said? You got an MFA from right. Brown in art, <laughs> and, but you're not creative because not creative people go for the MFA in art. What are you talking about? And it, it's so interesting because I have had so many moments like this over the past 20 years of looking at people's hands where the person that says, oh my gosh, I have blocked out that part of my identity. Yes. And I didn't even connect the two. Like, oh, years of studying art, years of making art might make me creative. And then one day I just decided I wasn't and forgot about it. Yeah. And I hear that a lot. People will say it's, it's like such a common story. There is the, I haven't picked up a paintbrush since college. Uh And these are women who are out of college for 30, 40 years and suddenly are they want to get back into it. Now, you know, all those excuses that they had for not picking up a paintbrush are suddenly gone. So if they've been putting their themselves on the back burner because of their children or their career, well, now they're recently retired or they're an empty nester. So those, those excuses are suddenly gone. Precisely. Precisely. And, and to your question about a story, years ago, I read a woman's hands, and sure enough, artist was her life purpose. 
And she said, I can't even draw a stick figure. That's the other one I hear a lot. Yeah, right. I hear that too. (laughs) I can't draw a stick figure as if that were the hallmark of that you're creative. You can draw a good stick figure. And I asked her, when do you remember being creative? And she had this flashback to age five, where I believe she was in kindergarten, making some kind of craft and very, very involved. And the teacher criticized it. Yes. And she said, I just stopped making art after that. I said, at age five, she said, yes, I became a good student. I became very good at reading. I became a good daughter. I didn't cause my parents trouble. I buried that part of myself. And in our, we then went on to coach together. Some of the clients then coached with me after the initial reading to begin to integrate that information into their everyday life. And she started writing screenplays and actually became a filmmaker and got funding for her projects. And she said that that reading, the initial reading opened the door to this part of herself that at age five she had put away. It's so common that people can go to that one event that happened where they were told a story that became their story. Like that became yes. a limiting belief for That's themselves. Right. And I do hear that. Like I, I want to, but I can't draw. And I, I have to say to them, it's like, well, it's kind of like how I learned how to play tennis. I mean, I didn't know how to, to <laughs> hit a backhand either until somebody taught me. So a lot of these also comes down. It comes to me. I always found it comes down to two things. There are, there's, the desire, and then the skill. Yes. So, but the skill, where nobody is born with the skills. The skills are taught. Yeah, the skills you learn through practice and experimentation. Practice, experimentation, mentoring, teaching, things that, you know, you could, of course, like anything in life, you could figure it out yourself if you had unlimited time. It's a much faster to learn when you have a coach, a mentor, someone That's to right. show you the way. That's right. Skip over a lot of that experimentation part. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, it's like learning the rules so that you can break them. Mm -hmm. And you said, I'd rather stay ignorant of my life purpose than know it and fail to do it. Yes. that, That quote is something I've heard repeatedly from people over the years as to why they do not want to know their specific purpose in their hands. Well, I'd rather stay ignorant of it then know it and live my life and fail to do it, which is sad and kind of lame. But there it is. I don't even know how to respond to people when they say that to me. (laughs) I think to myself, really? What are you going to do? Watch Netflix and, and, you know, flip burgers? What do you do do with your life without taking some kind of risk to, to actualize your potential? But I, I think sometimes the fear of failure is so profound. The fear of uh, ridicule and judgment and being excommunicated is so big. But I um, think that it's more than that because I think it's the fear of success. Oh, that too. Because if you're no good at something, if you try something and you're no good, it's like, see, I wasn't good at it. I didn't waste the last 30 years being an artist because I'm really no good at it. So the fear of success can be a much greater thing because if you actually were good good at it, then what the heck was I doing the last 30 years? Why wasn't I an artist all this time? 
Precisely. Then there's the regret. Exactly. And the the self-judgment. So I think that's what comes in when people, they don't want to know what they should have been doing for the last 30 years of their life or 50 years, you know, depending where you want to, where you want to put that time marker down. Yes. That if they, there's something else they should have been doing, why weren't they doing it? And then that's hard. It is hard. Are you going to spend the last 20 years of your life? Right. It's like, we're, we're going to live a long time. I mean, at a certain point, I think it's valuable to hit the reset button. When I have a bad day or challenging day, I say to myself, well, tomorrow is the first day of the rest of your life because I'm allowed to be a newborn. I'm allowed to learn every day. I'm allowed to fall on my face every day. And miraculously, I get better at things because I'm allowed to be a learner. That's beautiful. So when you work with people, how do you connect their gifts to succeeding in business? If you know your life purpose, let's say your life purpose is to be an artist in the spotlight, the world's number one life purpose, I will repeat, artist in the spotlight, and you have a gift marking that says you have the Midas touch, which means you're good with money, well, your hands would indicate that it's important you get paid for your art. And then... In the coaching, it comes down to, well, how do I grow as an artist? Well, art shows are a great way to do that, but what kind of art shows? And you want to go to an art show where people are going to buy your art, et cetera, et cetera. What's going to be your online presence? And so once that person makes the decision, yes, I'm going to be paid as an artist, now we can actually figure out, well, what's your first step? And then the person's in motion because they've made a decision. I'm going to accept the truth of my map. It's basically a map of your brain. The structure of our hands mirrors our personality. You can do any personality test, Colby, Myers-Briggs, DISC assessment, astrology, and they'll all tell you the same thing about yourself. It's not like you're going to be getting new news from any of these assessments, whether it's a corporate test or an astrology reading, wherever you go, there you are, because you carry your map with you. Once that person's made the decision, yes, I'm going to actually accept the data. I'm going to accept that nature actually gave me a blueprint for my genetics. So the universe is very orchestrated. It's mechanical. And when you line up with your correct mechanics, miracles start to happen, which you've experienced. Yeah. And I decided to be an artist and you got serious about it. You said, well, I'm making money doing these other things. Why not make money doing what I love to do? That first decision puts you in alignment with your design. But I want to, I want to share something with you that you may not remember. So you did my hand analysis and back then, I forget if I was still in finance or I had recent either still in finance or recently left. I don't remember which, but I wasn't an artist. You were contemplating yet. leaving, as I recall. Okay, like, so that's get, it. get out of here. Yeah. Okay. So then after you did the hand analysis, I actually had an accident where I cut my hand and I, I still have like a scar now across one of the lines. And I, I reached out to you. I said, Beth, so what does this mean now? I have, I have this line going across. Do you, do you remember what you told me? I don't remember. No. Okay. You were like, well, I don't that, remember that means, really anything I told you. That means you're about to make a change in your life, which mm-hmm. I did. Mm-hmm. A very dramatic one. I quit yeah. my job and I didn't become an artist right away. It, there was a period where I, I was exploring and uh, just not really just being, just being. And when 9-11 happened, that's when I took it as a sign from the universe. Heck no, am I going back to that? I'm, I'm going to be an artist now. So it's just so interesting that you like had that clarity. It's like, 
Now, I don't know like how much is, is it the hand or just that you have, it's the hand analysis. It's just a tool for you to tap into the intuition that you already have about. Yeah, well, it's both hand because my hands re- show my ability as an intuitive. You know, I have an incredibly open third eye. So one of the scary things about that is I essentially can remote view. I don't do it that often because, you know, seeing what's going on in Saudi Arabia or whatever is not really that fun. And I can't necessarily do anything about it. So I won't, I won't terrify your audience with what I'm seeing. But, I, you know, I do occasionally, if you watch my Facebook Lives, if anyone dares, I, I kind of tell people what's coming. And some people listen and some people don't. That's all right. But uh, anyway, did I answer that? You did. And I also <laughs> wanted to talk about, um, and I'll let it out, you know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so I also want to dig into the idea that finding your gifts are actually what help people prosper. So I get a lot of resistance from not so much my students, but when I talk to my, my daughter's 20, and when I talk to parents of her friends who are interested in going into art, and they'll say, well, she's, she wants to major in art, but you know you don't make money. I said, I was like, who are you talking to? Who do you think you're talking to? No, you, there are a lot of people who are making a very good living with their art. So why do people struggle so much about really making that connection of using their gifts and prospering? It's a wonderful question, and I could go at it many different ways. So I want to start with the meta picture, which is that social conditioning, probably since the dawn of agriculture, and it just escalated from there when people had to start proving paternity, which was the start of misogyny, so we knew who owned the land. With good things comes a shadow, right? It, it's, it's just the nature of life. With every good thing, there's a cost. With you know, every negative thing, there's a cost that could be good. And as society became more streamlined, more structured, it became necessary for the methods of production to continue for people to be willing to show up to work, to do really boring, unpleasant stuff. And so religion is structured in this way, like, yeah, your life sucks now, but boy, when you die, I mean, I can't even tell you, I read comments like that every day on Facebook. Well, this life's just an illusion and then you're going to die. I'm like, mm, sorry, no, this is what you got right, right here. This is it, heaven and hell right here. Uh, so yeah, it's like, where's that belief and come even, from? Even if there is like this, you know, thing Wait, nobody knows later, why not make today great? You know, it's the like, thing is nobody knows. Nobody right. knows what happens in the future, not really. Even right. though I can see things, they may or may not right. play out, right? So, you know, and I'm, I'm not a religious person, so I'm not, I'm not a good person to talk to about that. I've, I, you know, I got kicked out of Bible study. So, but what I see consistently is this, well, ask me the question again. Oh, I swear, it's I'm perimenopausal in my it's, brain. It's about connecting the idea that you can prosper okay. when you are using your gifts. Thank you, that, thank you. That okay. is, is what's going to make you prosperous. Right. That going so, to what's easy for you. Yes. They're not to feel guilty around that. Right. But what I'm saying, Miriam, is there's a conditioning process by the powers that be to make good factory workers. The whole United States right. public education system is not about creativity. They don't teach you one damn thing in school other than how to read and use an abacus right. that you can 
actually use as a grown-up. Like it'll tell you how to balance a checkbook, how to sell your services, how to actually communicate with another human being, what intimacy is, safe sex, like all the stuff you actually need to know. Like how to invest your money so you're not working and destitute when you're 65. Like that's what ought to be taught in school is how to be an empowered citizen. But no, what they teach you is how to be a crippled drone. Mm. And it is institutionalized all across the world because the powers that be want people to go to work and suck it up, pay their penance, and then they can go to heaven when they die. So the artist, how dare the artist have the audacity to say, not only am I not going to be a factory worker, I'm going to make stuff. I'm going to make stuff that's never existed, that's pretty, that's inspiring, that moves you emotionally, and I'm going to get paid for it. How dare you be such a renegade? And yet it's the world's number one life purpose because most human beings need to be seen. They need to be acknowledged. They need to be praised. And I will tell you, nothing makes a human being happier than being praised for their creative expression. Oh, what a beautiful song you sang. Oh, Miriam, I love that painting behind you of the camel. It's amazing, by the way. I love it, right? It's amazing. your, Your mermaid Right, my mermaid. You can see her lower half, right? Yeah. My lower half. Right. I took up painting. You inspired you one of my inspirations. Like, I'm gonna start painting. So I hired an oil painting teacher. You know, the painting cost me thousands to paint because of course I go buy the most expensive material. My frame was four hundred bucks, you know. Anyway. So who are you? Who who are you to dare to to be so audacious to say you can get paid to have fun? We can't. So you can't either. You need to be an accountant or, you know, something boring. So a lot of it, the parents are well-meaning with the creative child because they want their child to not live in their basement when they're 25. They want to make sure they can get paid. But because of hundreds of years of conditioning that being an artist is a no-no. I mean, think about it. When there's a revolution, who do they kill first? The artists, the philosophers, and the scientists, and then any race that they've decided is also the problem. But that's basically how a revolution goes, right? Oh, and the homosexuals. We take them all and put them away because those people live on the edge. So the artist is, has always symbolically been the person who exposes beauty, exposes ugliness, exposes the unspeakable. And it's very hard to put beauty into any kind of language. It's an experience, right? Beauty is right. an experience. And artists really help the world see. Yes. Help it's us see. Exactly. That's to our job see. to help us notice. Precisely my point. See beauty, see ugliness, see the truth, see another perspective. But, but, but to go back to your other point, that art is so necessary. I mean, if you think about yes. thousands of years ago, they were making art in caves. Yeah, because it was a way to... It's important. They they (laughs) use... Because art is our original language. Let me draw you a picture to explain to you what happened at the battle yesterday. Let me draw a picture to show you what I saw taking my walk. We have reached a time in history where we no longer have to worry about paying bills. And you can test it out for yourself. The way our body has become genetically engineered over the past couple hundred years is when we line up with our purpose and we make a decision, you have to make a decision, a full committed decision to fulfill that purpose, the right people, the right resources, the right timing will show up for you. I love that. Every time. And the right amount of money will always come in. Now, I hear people say things like, oh, I want a million dollars. I'm like, well, for what? 
really what you need is 20 grand to get that project finished. How about just focus on the 20 grand? And sure enough, the 20 grand shows up that week. Beth, the 20, yes, because that's what you needed for the project. Now, as we continue to line up, we start making revenue and then we can build investments and yes, really create with money as well a safety net for ourselves so we don't even have to work if we don't want to. And I, I have many friends who don't have to work. And they work anyways. They, well, some of them work like dogs because they love their jobs so much. In fact, they're almost all of them are artists who uh, retired early because they were smart about money. So when you line up with the truth of who you are, that's the first step. The second thing is this. That's probably the most important thing I could tell anyone these days. With all the fracture going on in the world and the uncertainty there's always been uncertainty. I don't know if things are better or worse. You know, they're just what they are. But we have a lot of media now, so um, people can communicate a lot faster, right? So news travels and people are getting bombarded and overstimulated and, and uh, there's way more input than our brain can really handle. So this makes people anxious and they think, oh, everything's going to hell in a handbasket. And it's like, nah, not really. However, there is a lot of chaos. There is a lot of fracture. So one of the things that I encourage everyone to do now is to take their power back. I've heard that phrase a lot, but I mean really take it back. The only authority in your life is you. The only person that can keep you safe, make you money, create prosperity for you is you. I That's love it. that. Is you. That's and so terrific. And any reliance on your spouse, the government, your mother-in-law, you're screwed because that source isn't reliable. You are reliable. You can count on you. And so that saying that all of our resources are within, I finally understand what it means. And I've broken it into these two things. First, make a decision to align as a creative artist in the spotlight, sharing your art, getting paid for your art. Two, make the decision to trust your inner authority, which is your intuition, your emotions, and your heart's desire. And when that's lined up, life is easy. Yeah, and Even I just if wanna, it's challenging, it's easy. It takes you where you're supposed to go. And I just want to interject like one way I always put this. I actually have a saying over there that you can't see, but I say, be what you need. Yes. Be what you need. So yes. like you said, you have everything you need and it's up to you to create it and not to rely on the external to find it because you can create it yourself. So I just encourage every being listening to this interview, choose to be creative Choose to live your life your way and just listen to yourself. Just don't listen to the conditioning. Right. Just stop. Don't listen to all the noise. Just and get it yeah. rid of all and that. And your third grade teacher and or your whoever yeah. that was. Go. So, Beth, this was so inspiring. I'm, I, I'm, I'm so, so glad. honored. So honored to be your friend. And thank Aww. you so much for spending this time with Likewise. me and my listeners. Where can they find you? Uh, they can find me at Beth.com. Or palmreadingpro.com. Beth.com is my mentoring site. And Palm Reading Pro is where they can learn hands. And if anybody wants to just have a phone chat with me, I do a free 15-minute chat. Someone sends me a picture of their hands. And if you just email uh, schedule at yourpurpose.com. I know I have lots of domains. Schedule at yourpurpose.com. We'll put all of these. Yeah, all of it. If you contact schedule at yourpurpose.com, my beloved Jennifer will put you on the calendar for a 15-minute call and, uh, and we, can, we can chat about your purpose and how you might take steps to actualize it. Be Perfect. my honor. And by the way, Beth is spelled B-A-E-T-H and I will put everything in shulmanart.com forward slash Beth 
spelled B-A-E-T-H. So our listeners can find all those links that we talked about today. And hey, maybe we'll even throw in a picture of, of that painting behind you. All right. So that's it for today's show. For anything we talked about today, you can go to my blog, shulmanart.com forward slash 14 to get links to Beth, to get links to any of those productivity blog posts that I talked about at the beginning of the episode or anything else that we mentioned during the show. Now, next week, I will be talking with the author of Rest, Dr. Alex Pong. It is probably one of the best self-development books that I read in 2018, and I can't wait to share our insights with you. So be sure you're subscribed to the podcast so that you can get a notification as soon as it goes live. I don't always email my list every time I get a new podcast out. So the best way to make sure you get them as soon as they become live is to subscribe wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. So whether that's iTunes or Spotify or Google Play or Stitcher, however those things work, subscribe. And if you're feeling extra loving, I would really appreciate it if you left a review. This does a few things. First of all, it lets me know what it is you like about the podcast. It helps other people, other artists find the podcast. And also, it's another way for you to get your name out in the world. I often do shout outs on the blog to people who leave reviews on my podcast. And I will include not only your review, but if you have a picture on your website and also a link to your website. So for all that, I would love if you left a review, go to shulmanart.com forward slash iTunes and leave a review there. Okay, that's it for now. See you next week. Same time, same place. (laughs) Have an inspirational day. Thank you for listening to the Inspiration Place podcast. Connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash shulmanart, on Instagram at shulmanart, and of course on shulmanart.com. 